Welcome to China Horse Business, the one and only podcast about Chinese booming horse market. I'm your host Zoe King, founder and CEO of Wonder Horse from Shanghai, discovering the wonder of horse world. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Julia, and I work in uh, uh, advertising agents as the operation director in Shanghai. Our clients are mostly uh, international brands from uh, those uh, sectors such as the F&B, fashion, cosmetics. So basically, what we do is、uh, we do digital related、um, campaigns for our clients. Hello, Julia. Thank you for ho- co-hosting this episode with me as a branding specialist. Did you think the brands may be interested in getting involved in Chinese equestrian events? Mm, I was actually at the Global Champion Tour in Shanghai this year. It was a great experience. I think that kind of the equation events provide a very unique occasion for brands to tie the emotional link with their consumers and VIPs. So Chinese consumers today want more than just a good product. They also pay attention to the ex- experience and the lifestyle bring by the brand. So, as a matter of fact, we have already been approached by several、uh, equestrian events organizers in China, and we are assisting our clients to make appropriate branding strategy regarding their participations in those、uh, equestrian events. Sounds great. Let me know if you need any information. Sure, sure, I will do.、Uh, now let's get started with the China Club. Which one are you going to introduce us today? We are going to have a look at Nanjing Monet Garden Equestrian Club, founded just two years ago. The club is located in a public park in central area in Nanjing. They recently signed a partnership agreement with Zhengren International Art Education Group to upgrade the facilities of the club. Now they have both outdoor and indoor riding arenas. It is real in central city. The club has twenty houses, mostly ponies. They claim to have one thousand members, with the average age of eight. The club offers different riding packages, from four to one hundred classes. One riding class costs from eighty to one hundred euros. The club hires ten local coaches and one foreign coaches from France. They practice the coaching system approved by Chinese Equestrian Association. Okay, so we are in November now. It's getting cold in the north of China. Are there still equestrian events taking place recently? All competitions are pretty much wrapping up in Beijing and Tianjin because it is getting cold in the north of China. Meanwhile, most competitions are moving to the south, like Kantong and Chengdu. The Yishun Jingbole Open will be held in Dongguan Jingbole Equestrian Club in Guangdong on November twenty-three and twenty-four. This year, the competition is listed FEI three stars for the first time. In addition, one meter six jumping challenge has been added to the program this year as part of Jingbole New Talent Plan. All Chinese riders can sign up for this challenge. Every finisher without penalty will win. Fifty thousand IMB prize money and a new saddle sponsored by the organizer. The Yishun Jingbole competition has 
also been imported to Chengdu from November 1st to 3 in cooperation with a local organizer. The title sponsor, Yishen, is a Dongguan-based fashion clothing group. Yishen has been sponsoring over 20 competitions for the last six years. Okay, so in China Q&A session, we got a question from William from New Zealand. Here is his question. Hi Zoe, I am a throwbred trainer in New Zealand. I heard about the horse racing organized by Rider Horse in Inner Mongolia. I wonder how many racing days are there in China. Thank you. Thanks William for the question. Generally speaking, there are two types of horse races in China. The first type is the Chinese Equestrian Association's official racing days. Seven racing days taking place in Xinjiang, Hot Hot, Wuhan, Hainan are considered as the official races, among which national championship held in Wuhan in November is the most important race. Then you have another type of racing day, regular races hosted by private organizers such as Rider Horse in Inland Mongolia, Yulong Racing Club in Shanxi, and Wuhan Jockey Club. In total, 55 regular racing days are organized in China this year. Okay, so you know, I have a dog and uh, I have to bring him to the vet clinic when it gets sick. And luckily, the clinic is just in the neighborhood. I wonder what happened when the horses get sick. Well, I talked to Jennifer Zhou. She's an equine veterinarian practicing in Beijing. She will tell us how they take care of horses in China. Great, let's listen to her China story. Hello, Jennifer. Long time no see. How have you Hi. been? I'm good, thanks. Busy with my baby. <laughs> oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's my new project. Yes. So Jennifer, um, you are a um, veterinarian uh, at the Meilian Zhonghe Equine Hospital and business partner at uh, Ruipeng uh, Animal Medical Group. So yeah. um, can you tell us why you want to be a vet? It's very real in China, especially as a female vet. It's a very... Um... A long history because uh, I like animals since I was a child. I think this is the same to any, every vet in China or in the world that become a vet. Okay. The first thing is they like animals. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, also an opportunity in my university when I graduated from my um, bachelor degree. Um, there was no equine education in China at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, just when I continue my master degree, and that was a chance. Um, after 60 years in China, there's just non-equine education, and then the university decide to bring it back to our education system. So that was my first year. It actually has equine education. So one of the professor, Professor Han Guocai, he was the director of one of the military farm in in Mongolia for over 30 years, and he was brought back to the university as a professor to teach equine science. So yeah, the first generation. Yeah, I was his first student. <laughs> okay, cool. So we were doing lots of uh, uh, equine breeding and reproduction. And then I follow him to uh, some of the farms in China. And also we have a program cooperate with the German equine hospital. So I had a chance 
that was my first time actually to practice in one of the hospitals in Europe. And that's where I see the equine veterinary developed and how it, it's like in overseas. And then just educate me in a way how China could be like in the future. So I'm lucky enough that I, I joined in um, my company, my current company, Meilian Zhonghe. It's a, a chain hospital of small animals. Majority are small animals. We also have uh, like uh, birds, like exotic animals. And also equine side is a special area for me that I'm currently working in this area, just only for horses. Um, Meilian Zhonghe is a brand. It's originated in Beijing and we started from uh, uh, 13 hospitals in Beijing and 2015 I joined the company and then we were purchased by another uh, group called Raipong Animal Medical Group and then we become 400 hospitals all over China that was 2016 and then I was also very lucky that I become one of the partner in the company then, so the plan of the whole purchase decided to expand actually in a very fast speed. Currently, we have 1,000 hospitals in China, and the future plan is going to uh, get on the American stock market and become 3,000 hospitals um, within five years. The majority of the uh, hospitals are small animals. And we're only the tiny, tiny part and uh, in, in the whole company that people working on the equine side. So we have uh, three full-time uh, equine vets right now and two uh, technicians to be part of the team. So we have five people in total. Jennifer, can you describe a typical day of yourself in, in your clinic? Most of the time, we just spend um, time in our car and we're driving uh, Ivico. So we have a, we are offering the ambulatory uh, service to different farms, and we don't have a base yet because uh, the registration of a, a equine hospital in Beijing is very difficult and also expensive. So the most practical way is for us just driving in a car and carrying all the capable uh, capable um, equipments like the X-ray machine and ultrasound, and then we just go to the farm. We can do three farms a day. I think that's maximum. So we, we leave at 8 o'clock from a clinic. We just uh, load up all the medicines we possibly need. Of course, we need to make appointment of each farm on that day as well. Just to, to it's easier for us to make a plan on the road, which farm we go first and second and the last. Okay. And then, so some, some, some farms we offer like routine um, service, for example, like dental treatment and or um, annual uh, body checkup. Or sometimes there is a, like urgent, for example, colic or a big open cut or like bleeding wound that really need us to be there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes like a, a pro- approximately maybe one hour in the farm. This includes treatment, like uh, clean the wound and bandage and changing the bandage. And then another 30 minutes, probably just talk to the clients, education. Um, And then we have also a vet technician to follow up the case. So for example, we need to change the bandage every two days. Then Mm -hmm. the technician will just go there himself and do the rest of the work. So if we finish in the morning from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock at one farm, 
then we go to the next one, probably take us another one hour or one and a half an hour to be there. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, after the farms and probably we'll finish six or seven already. And uh-huh. um, some busy days we really don't have time for lunch or we may finish like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. And um, summertime is fine because it's getting dark really late, but uh, the wintertime is extremely terrible for us because uh, we do most of the job outdoor. And one time we had an urgent case, it was a, a open cut, a bleeding okay. wound, and they call us at 7 p.m. The time we went there, it was a freezing cold in the, in the you know, the countryside area. And the, even the iodine that, you know, we use for um, disinfect the, the skin, it was frozen and wow. we can't really have carried the, the suture thing like the needles is because our hand, it was frozen like a, like oh. a rock. Wow. <laughs> it was so cold. And so because some of the farms right now, they haven't had a design a room for treating room. Okay. And uh, some of the stables is really dark at night. And they have to just only in a, a public area where there's a light or they have extension to have the light out to, to do the job. It's just some of the farms really um, simple. This is the backstage. <laughs> I talked to Jennifer on other topics such like how Chinese horse owner taking care of their horses, um, was the challenge and perspective for the Chinese veterinary profession, etc. Jennifer delivered very interesting observation. We will share the rest of interview with Jennifer in the upcoming episode. Okay, wow, it, it, it sounds like a very hard job. Indeed, but she's doing good because she's doing it with passion. May the force be with her. All right, Julia, thank you for hanging out. See you around. Yes, thank you so much, Zoe, and uh, see you soon. Bye. Bye. This podcast is produced by Wonder Horse, equine business solution provider and bespoke platform for Chinese equine community. I'm your host, Zoe King. See you next Monday on China Horse Business.